This is Rick Pina, and I am bringing you today's word for August 3rd, 2020. I've been teaching a series entitled Faith and Patience. I've I've taught this over the years in different installments. And uh, what I did last week was I closed out Faith and Patience Volume 4. And and I closed that out. Uh, We studied the life of Joseph, and I trust that that was a blessing to you. We took our time, like 14 weeks, and we studied the life of Joseph. And and uh, I learned a lot. I pray that you learned a lot as well. Well, another another one of my favorite characters in scripture is David. And so I was led to, to now transition over to David and still kind of flowing in the same vein, faith and patience right now in 2020 with everything going on in this world, with everything going on as it relates to COVID-19 and other things and, and people uh, going through a lot of different changes. This is not the 2020 we may be expected in 2019. But still, we can make the most of it. And so we, we still have to live by faith and we need biblical patience. We need divine patience. And we've learned that patience is the force of consistency. It is the, the ability to remain the same, consistent, consistently consistent on the inside, no matter what's happening on the outside. This is something that we need. So I'm led now to teach a brand new series starting today entitled Faith and Patience, Volume 5, Greater is Coming. So greater is coming for you. I'm going to keep telling you that. I believe that. I believe that that there's that there are some things that God has stored up for us that he's going to release to us in this season. Say amen to that. All right. So the story of David, as it relates to me, whenever I teach it, really begins in 1 Samuel chapter 16. But before we get to 1 Samuel chapter 16, I want to give you some context. So we'll start this series off in 1 Samuel chapter 15. So let me give you a recap of 1 Samuel 15, and then we'll kind of lead into chapter 16, and then we'll just go ahead and, and basically lay the foundation for the series. So in 1 Samuel chapter 15, the Lord sent a prophet, Samuel, uh, to tell King Saul some instructions. And so Samuel, with the instruction of the Lord, told Saul to utterly destroy Amalek. And why? Because Amalek had attacked Israel when they were coming out of Egypt. So Saul was supposed to kill everyone in Amalek and destroy all their possessions to include all the animals. However, Saul, he was the king. He got clear instructions from God through the the man of God, the prophet, but he chose, like even though God said something, he chose to spare Agag, the Amalekite king, and he also chose to spare some of the best animals. Now, in his mind, he was doing the right thing, but he wasn't doing what God said. So he decided that he wanted to make a sacrifice to the Lord with these animals. Now, the Lord told him not to do it, and he did it anyway, because he said he was like doing, he thought he was doing a good thing. And so a lot of times, sometimes we we think we're doing a good thing, but if it's not what God said, a good thing may not be a God thing. We have to do whatever God tells us to do, point blank, period. So God, he didn't do what he, what God said. So God sent Samuel again to Saul. And this time 
He was not coming with instructions. He was coming with a word of correction. And the prophet told the king, he says, listen, you no longer have the favor of the Lord upon you. Why? Because you are no longer little in your own eyes. He said, when you were little in your own eyes, you, you would have never done this thing. And so there's some people who get to the point where you're no longer little in your own eyes and you think you can disobey or flat out dismiss what God said. And then the prophet told the king, listen, here's the bottom line. Obedience is better than sacrifice. Don't tell me that you're giving this sacrifice. Don't tell me that it, you're trying to do this and you're doing it for God when God told you to do something else. So don't act like you're doing it for God when you're actually disobeying God in the process. Obedience is better than sacrifice. In the next chapter, the Lord comes back to the prophet and he says to the prophet, okay, now listen, I want you to go to, there's a man named Jesse. He has some sons and I have selected, the Lord said, I have selected one of his sons to be Saul's replacement, to be the next king of Israel. And so Jesse, this man that, that the prophet is supposed to go to, he was from the tribe of Judah. He was the great grandson of Boaz and Ruth, and he lived in Bethlehem. Now, here you have the prophet Samuel. Samuel's like, oh snap, what do I do now? If I if I go and the king finds out that I'm actually going to anoint his 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 replacement, of course he's gonna wanna kill me, right? So, so he's like, all right, this is what I'm gonna do. So the prophet takes an animal and says, hey, I'm going to act like I'm going to Bethlehem to worship. And so if the king finds out where I'm going, I would just say, hey, I was just going to worship, right? So he takes his animal, he goes to Bethlehem. And then when he gets there, he meets with the town elders and he says, listen, I'm looking for a man named Jesse. Can you show me where Jesse's house is? It was like, yeah, it's right there down the street. Go down three blocks, make a left. So he goes down there to Jesse's house. And once he gets there, um, he, he gets with Jesse's boys and says, okay, now, hey, I'm here for a sacrifice. And, and before a sacrifice, it was typical that they would go through this like uh, cleansing routine, this ritual. And so he, uh, the prophet uh, Samuel, went with Jesse and all of Jesse's boys. He thought it was all of Jesse's boys. And they went through the ceremony of getting right and getting ready for um, the ritual, right? So they go through the cleansing ceremony. And and while, while he's doing this, he thinks that all of Jesse's sons are there because he asked him, hey, I want your sons to participate. And so seven of the boys were there and they all participated. And so once everybody was ceremonially clean, then the prophet is like, line up the boys. And so they line up the boys. And he's like, okay, now what I'm going to do is the Lord sent me here. Let me be honest with you, Jesse. The Lord sent me here because I'm supposed to anoint one of your sons to be the next king of Israel. And so he goes and the boys are lined up and he takes this this oil, and he's ready to anoint one of his sons. And as the prophet stood in front of the first son, the oldest son, Eliab, the Bible says that, man, this dude looked good, like he was good looking. So if the Bible says you're good looking, man, you must be really good looking. So so he, he looked good. He was standing before him. He was good looking. He was young. He was strong. And he was strapping young man. And he said, like, and the prophet says, surely this got to be the one. Oh man, this, this got to be the one, right? This is, he looks like a king. This is the next king. And then the Lord said to him, stop, you're considering the outward appearance. And that's how humans do. Humans, you guys get fixated on the outside. I don't, I'm not focused on the inside. I deal with the heart. The Lord said, I'm looking at people's heart. That's not the one. It was like, okay, I'm sorry, God, my bad. So he goes to the next one. It's like, he goes to the next one. And the Lord said, that's not the one. He's like, goes to the next one. He said, that's not the one. He goes to the next one. And the Lord says, that's not the one. And then after he goes through all seven sons, and the Lord says, that's not the one, now the prophet is confused. He's like, wait, 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 wait a minute. I know you, God, you sent me to Jesse's house, and now I'm here, and now you're telling me none of the, what? Wait a minute, Jesse, do you have any more boys? He was like, yeah, well, 
I have another son. Uh, he's the youngest one, but I mean, his name is David. He's out there with some sheep. And then, and then Samuel was like, well, go get him. Go send for David. And we're not even going to sit down until he comes. He was like, what's wrong with you? I told you. And so, so what does this mean for you today? I have to stop here in the story. We're going to pick it up, pick up the story from there tomorrow. What does this mean for you today on this Monday morning? You're ready for a brand new week in the middle of the summer, in the middle of COVID-19. What does this mean for you today? I have two things to share with you on this morning that I know are going to be a blessing to you. So as I get ready to share these two things, I want you to rid your heart of all distractions, focus in, lock in two things. Number one, here we go. Obedience and humility are the key to walking in God's best. Obedience and humility are the key. God gives us commands, not suggestions, right? When God tells you something, he's commanding you to do it. He's God. So when the Lord gives you clear instructions about something, it's not for you to come up with a better idea. And unfortunately, that's what people do. People come up with something else and they, they think that, well, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. What about, how about we do it this way? How about we do it this way? No, how about you just do what God told you to do? How about you do that? right? Humility and obedience are the key. Don't come up with your own idea, especially when you know that what you're coming up with is actually contrary to what God came up with. And if you choose to disobey God and do what you want instead of what he said, you're going to have to deal with the consequences, right? So let me just be clear about this. That doesn't mean you're not saved. That doesn't mean you're not born again. That doesn't mean you're not filled with the Holy Spirit, right? You doing something wrong doesn't mean that you're going to lose your righteousness. It's not going to unravel your righteousness, but you doing you living in sin can't unravel your life because at the end of the day, you're going to reap what you sow. So you don't want to make wrong decisions because wrong decisions, if you sow bad seed, you're going to reap a bad harvest. So if God tells you to do something, then that's God's will. And if it's God's will, then it's God's bill. That means that if you're doing God's will, no matter what comes up along the path, along the way, whatever opposition comes up, God has to deal with it because God told you to do it. However, if you choose to do your own thing and God say, go this way, and you're, you're going this way, then it's your will. And if it's your will, then it's your bill. And so when, when opposition comes, you have to deal with it. And you're, you're living now off of human effort, human power, human ability, human strength, human intellect. And believe me, living with your, just by your humanity is not good enough. And so you are going to live in stress, struggle, and strain if you choose to disobey God. Say amen to that. So humility is actually critical to walking with God. You, The prophet told the king, listen, you know what? You would have never done this when you were little in your own eyes. As a believer, you have to remain little in your own eyes. Whatever God tells you to do, you do. No matter how much you grow in God, no matter how much you've been walking with God, no matter how much God increases you and promotes you and says you're doing good and all of that stuff, you still got to remain little. You don't ever want to get to the point where you're like, oh, okay, I got it going on. And then you think you can make your own decisions without God. Always remain little in your own eyes. See, pride will lead you to disobey God. Pride will lead you to disobey God and then to exalt self over God's instruction. So this is where we get into being self-centered. Now, you could be walking with God for 20 and 30 years and still be self-centered. Be careful not to allow yourself because you think you know, or you've been walking with God long enough, I know what to do. And then you don't, you're not seeking God. Oh, I know what, to, what God said, but this is okay. No, now you're being self-centered and pride is going to get you in trouble, right? If you put self-interest or self-promotion or self-centeredness over God's instruction, you are not going to like the results. Let me say it this way. The quickest way up 
in God is down, right? You humble yourself. The quickest way down in God is up when you exalt yourself. So watch this. If you humble yourself before the mighty hand of God, the Bible says in 1 Peter 5 and 6 that God will exalt you. God will lift you up in due season. So if you keep humbling yourself, there will come a season when your breakthrough is due and God will exalt you. But if you exalt yourself, right, self-promotion, self-effort, right? So now if you exalt yourself, now you're being self-centered. If you exalt yourself, God will humble you. So, so I would rather, believe me, I've, I've been through this. I, I've been through both. I've experienced both. Take it from me. God exalting you is better than God humbling you. So humble yourself so God doesn't have to. If you humble yourself, God will exalt you. If you exalt yourself, God will humble you. Take it from me. I've been through both. Humbling yourself is better. Number two, what God has for you is for you. I only have two points for you this morning. Look at me. This second point is critical. What God has for you is for you. No one can take the blessing that God has with your name on it. There's a blessing that God has with your name on it, and it's yours. David's father, this is what bothers me about the story. David's father didn't think enough about David to say, hold on, Mr. Prophet, uh, I have another boy. You're probably not going to pick him anyway, but let me just at least go get him so that he's in the lineup. Not only did David's father not say anything, none of David's brothers said anything either. Hold on, daddy. I mean, if we're all going to line up, if there's a lineup, let's go get David. Hold on, can we hold? Can we stop the ceremony for a second and just go get David? Nobody spoke up. The father didn't speak up. The boys didn't speak up. And even though David wasn't even there, the blessing couldn't be given to nobody else. Because what God has for you is for you. Even when people don't think enough about you to put your name in the running, God has a way of picking you anyway. God, I mean, that's what God does. And when God does it, watch this, when God picks you in, and there are people that, that overlooked you, there were people that dismissed you, then when God picks you, he has a way of picking you and then promoting you right in front of them. That's what's going to happen in this story. God is going to go get David and then anoint David in the presence of his brothers and in the presence of his father. We serve a God that will bless you right there in the presence of your enemies. God will, God will see to it that the people who are trying to bring you down, that the people who are overlooking you will have to be present when you get promoted. And that's the kind of God that we serve. Say amen to that. See, even when people don't, don't have plans for you, God has plans for you and, and his plans are better than your plans. His plans are better than their plans. God has a way. Watch this. Of, of, of revealing things to you even when you're not thinking about it. David was out there minding his own business. David was in the field with his sheep, doing attending to his father's sheep like he always had by himself. It was just him and God out there minding his own business. And when nobody else is watching, God is watching. And God is watching your faithfulness. Look, look at me, look at me. God, when nobody, you feel like nobody's noticing, God is noticing. You feel like nobody's looking, God is looking, God is watching. Nobody else, David had no audience out there except for God. God saw when he killed the lion with his bare hands. God saw when he killed the bear with his bare hands. And because God was processing him in obscurity, then he was ready to be promoted and then exalted. So God went out there when he was minding his own business and God anointed him anyway. I'm saying God sent a prophet all the way to Bethlehem to anoint him. Why? Because he was out there 
minding his own business. And when God does reveal it to you, as I close, let me tell you this. When God reveals things to you, he reveals it to you in increments. God's purpose is incremental and it's progressive. God is not going to tell you everything. Although God's plan for your life is fixed and focused, it's already established, it's already done. God is not going to reveal everything to you all at once because if he did, you wouldn't need faith. So, so we live our lives out in times and seasons. We live our lives out in levels and stages. And so what God does is for us to make the most of every time and season, every level and stage, God gives us vision in increments. God is not going to give you everything, but he's going to give you incremental vision. He will give you enough vision to make the most of the season that you're in. So so right now, this incremental vision, God gave uh, uh, David incremental vision, and then God reveals to us incremental vision. And when he does, then now we're able to maximize this season. And then when we get there, like I told you before, his word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. We may not know what's not... Uh, down the road. We may not know what's around the corner, but God will give us enough light for one more step. And so when God gives you this revelation, this incremental revelation, you have to believe God and don't undervalue what God said. One word from God can change your life forever. The the Lord sent the prophet to Bethlehem to anoint David. And once, once he received that word, then boom, he started to go down a journey, a path to his purpose, and his life was changed forever after this moment. I'm saying that that while your change is not going to happen overnight, it, it, and it comes in increments, one word from God can get you on this path. It is the path to your destiny. Now, on this path, will there be challenges? Of course. Is everything going to happen when you when you want it to happen? Of course not. And that's why we need faith, and that's why we need patience. But I'm telling you that God can give you a promise that will propel you into your destiny, and once that happens, nothing can stop you. Once that happens, nobody can stop you because what God has for you is for you. Say amen to that. Let's close this message out with a declaration of faith. I'm telling you, I'm going to keep telling you that greater is coming for you. So let's speak this. Let's declare this on this Monday morning. Say this. Say, Father, I know that greater is coming for me. Like David, you have destined me for my purpose. I am not a mistake. I am here for a reason. I was born with a specific assignment. While I am waiting on you to reveal yourself, I will be faithful over what you have revealed thus far. I will do what I am expected to do with a spirit of excellence every day, even when it seems like no one's watching. I know you are watching and you will open doors for me in your timing. What you have for me is for me. My blessing has my name on it. It will not be given to anyone else. So I will wait patiently, expectantly, and faithfully. And maybe when I least expect it, my breakthrough will come and I will be changed forever. So I enter this day knowing that no one can stop me because you are on me. I declare this by faith in Jesus' name. Amen. This is today's word. Please apply it and prosper. If you're not getting these messages, go to todaysword.org and click on it. You're going to get all my notes in your email inbox every day for free. There's a big subscribe button there. So subscribe, put in your email address, and you'll get my notes. So listen, go into this day knowing that what God has for you is for you, that God made plans for you from the foundations of the world, and that your time will come. There is a time that is coming that, that once God opens that door, no man can close it. Once God closes that door, no man can open it. Your time is coming. 
greater is coming for you. Do me a favor, share this message right now on your social media, on your timeline and with your friends. Leave me some comments in the chat. Go into this Monday and go into this week ready to walk in the blessing. I love you and God loves you more. I'll see you tomorrow morning. God bless you.